If people keep getting taller, are we the ancestors of giants? If I can eat soul food, why can't I straight up eat souls? Answers to these questions and more on This Paranormal Life! Hello! Yo! And welcome back to This Paranormal Life. It's Tuesday. It is the time of the week when you get hit with uh, the award-winning comedy paranormal podcast, This Paranormal Life. Uh, every week we bring you a different paranormal case and decide by the end of the episode whether it's real or not. I'm joined, as always, by Rory Powers. How are you doing today, Rory? Thank you so much for having me. Some great questions at the start of the podcast. You know, I've always been disappointed in my life that the key to living a healthy life and uh, longevity isn't just uh, consuming other people. Because on paper, that seems like that's how you'd live longer. I don't, I don't see the connection at all. eating people younger than you. But it's, you got to eat vegetables. You got to eat your fruit. In what ways? Eating fruit. More trouble for you than eating people. A, a banana lives and dies in the span of a week. Why is eating that thing going to make me live longer? <laughs> okay. It couldn't survive okay. a fortnight. So you... I need to eat a turtle. Well, it would survive if it were still on the tree, but if you picked it from the tree, I guess, yeah, it only lasts a few days. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I get it. You're like Yoshi. You think that you should be able to eat something and absorb its abilities. Yeah, you know, I, I think if that were the case, if the quest for living longer was a bit more magical, a bit more mythical, you know, if it involved kind of potions... That would be a lot cooler, and I think a lot more people would be interested right, in you, it. You just don't want to eat, like, celery. I don't want to eat celery, and I don't want to do cardio. Okay. I want to make a witch's brew in a metal pot and, uh, and, and smelt gold in a cauldron underneath a full moon. Worry. I want to do some cool stuff, you know? And I really need to increase my longevity because the amount of fumes I've inhaled from the gold smelting <laughs> has shortened my years significantly. Right. It's a miracle I'm alive now because of all the shit I've done to try and live longer. Yeah. Normally, if you get called a golden boy, it means you're like, you're, you're great. Not that your, <laughs> your lungs look like discount jewelry and you're going to die aged 36. <laughs> yeah. Uh, scientists discovered a, uh, a prehistoric worm that was frozen for ice for a million years. And I went to the site without missing a beat. I ate the worm. <laughs> I ate the worm assuming I too would live for a million years. <laughs> Turns out the worm actually lives for a very short period of time. It was only because it was frozen in ice that it managed to survive that long. But that is not what we're here to talk about today. Damn. We're here instead to talk about quite a different paranormal case. One that we're going to get to uh, the bottom of. I, I, I have to give a bit of a spoiler. This is going to be a rip-roaring ride. Hmm. This is, I don't know, in the vein of like a Mission Impossible movie or a Jason Bourne movie. This is, we're going to have to keep up. I hope Damn. you got popcorn. Okay, so usually on this podcast, we take a little bit of time to set the scene, establish the characters and the backstory. You're saying this is a 100 miles per hour right off the get-go. Right. This is a, this is a Scorsese director's cut. Uh, this is just all the action. I think he famously doesn't include a lot of action and it's incredibly long oh i need arduous. the opposite of a director's cut no we <laughs> yeah. don't want scorsese's director's cut we want the we want the cut of the scorsese movie after the studio got it this was edited by michael bay's son who's <laughs> so jacked up on adderall that he added twice as many action scenes and cut all the dialogue this is yeah michael bay's tiktok addicted teenage <laughs> grandson. son yeah grandson <laughs> 
all of the scenes where the, the Transformers are chatting to each other, those were, are replaced with graphic sex scenes. The, the story's borderline nonsense. It's action and sex. That's exactly what we're going to get into. Uh, a rip-roaring UFO-related story. Uh, right after a couple words from today's sponsors. Reminder, you can get every episode of this podcast ad-free at patreon.com forward slash this paranormal life along with a lot of other content. Rory, it was November 30th, 1989. It was a crisp, clear night in the Lower East Side of Manhattan. Very cool. At the time that this podcast is dropping, we will have uh, just been to New York City. Your first time, I think, in New York City? Uh, second time. Okay. First time when I was uh, about the size of an elephant and went just to the M&M store. <laughs> okay. You didn't really see anything else. Yes, you were a child. That's what I forgot. Okay, so this is the first time as an adult. Yeah, a child, but with the same body mass I have now as a grown man. <laughs> right. Somehow. That's borderline paranormal. A sort of child resembling, resembling as a, like a miniature sumo wrestler or something. <laughs> but yeah, you're right. We'll have just been uh, to New York and hopefully had some pretty cool experiences that don't involve uh, confectionery. It had been a normal day for 21-year-old Linda Napolitano. She'd taken care of the house and her kids and was ready for a restful night's sleep. But in the middle of the night, she found herself stirring. Her husband was snoring raspily as usual, but something felt off. She rolled over and sat up. Yawning, she opened her weary eyes and glanced over the room. There was something in there with her. It looked like a person but also the furthest thing from a person she could imagine. Hold up, hold up. This thing is in the room? Oh, yeah. What? It was only four feet tall, with sallow grey skin and huge black eyes looking right at her. Oh, my God. I kind of appreciate this. She threw a pillow at the creature in panic. She tried to shake her husband awake, but he was dead to the world and didn't even stir when she started screaming. She felt an odd sensation in her head and heard words that weren't hers echoing inside her own mind. These are the two times you know a case has gone bad when someone does the noise or the <laughs> No one said no one said there was gonna be a gibbity bop gibbity bobbity bop. Even though we've heard it in many episodes <laughs> previously, but I just we need to take this seriously, okay? Because okay, this is stressful, <clears throat> extremely stressful for Linda. Uh, she probably is in therapy to this day because of the events that took place. So. Therapy on the planet Gargon. <laughs> By the way, this is trending. Right. Well, you might be right there. Uh, so let's just take this next step in the story. We're going to take very seriously. Okay. It's hard to take it seriously if you can't even make it through the line. <laughs> it's not the line, it's the situation. Okay. I was thinking about a thing that happened earlier today. It wasn't, wasn't the line. But the line, though, I'll say it now. Shut up! <laughs> a white cloth suddenly enveloped Linda's face, and she couldn't make a sound. She was still thrashing and clawing at her husband, but the feeling was draining from her toes. A horrible numbness was spreading through her body, and before long, she was completely immobilized. Jesus Christ, she got chloroformed? <laughs> this little guy scrambled over and held a cloth over her mouth. Her vision was obscured by the cloth wrapped around her face, 
where she could see that the room was being bathed in a cold blue light. She could feel the beam of light pulsing through her body, and it was contorting her limbs into the fetal position. Oh! It picked her up and floated her outside through the solid glass of her closed window. The material came off her face as she met the night air and she could see the New York streets 12 stories below. Holy shit! She (laughs) wished she could cry out and get someone's attention, but only her eyes seemed to be working. She has been picked up like in a crane game and has been lifted out her 12th story apartment building. That is terrifying. The blue beam was pulling her high into the sky and she realized she wasn't the only passenger. There were three of these gray beings from her bedroom flying alongside her. They were headed for, you guessed it, a round ship with pulsing lights on its underside. Okay, you weren't joking. This is really starting (laughs) uh, strong today and kicking things off pretty fast. Because usually at this point in the story, we see a mysterious blur in the distance. And someone, oh, it's not making any noises. Yeah. We are basically five minutes in and a, a little imp stormed the room, put a bag over her head, and threw her out the window. <laughs> you know, I did, I cut a couple lines because you kind of made fun of it, but they said, give it a bubbly bap, give it a bubbly bap. Did uh, they? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, unfortunately. Yeah, you're right. You know, I said this was a bit like a movie, you know, in a tasteful kind of Spielbergian science fiction movie. Yeah, the first 10 minutes of the movie might be like, you know, normal life happening out on a ranch in North Carolina. Right. Uh, you know, and then the protagonist is kind of walking through, you know, uh, a truck stop or a grocery store and they just, you know, they hear some some interesting stories on the radio. It's fading in and out. It's like, you know, some strange objects. Some strange objects were seen in the local town. And then the, the guy in the shop turns it over. He's like, damn news, I never listened to it anyway. You know, and then you see it, and then the background of the shot, you see a newspaper with another interesting little Easter egg of what might be happening on the other side of the world. We're waiting 30, 40 minutes. Before on, anything kicks before off. Before we even see something in the sky. Yeah. Uh, the, today's case is more like, this is more like a straight-to-DVD rental where, where a borderline Facebook profile picture of the aliens is on the front of the DVD box. And uh, and we're seeing those suckers within seconds of the movie starting. Yeah, we went straight from the title screen to an alien standing over you going, shut up, slapping you across the face. So, to recap, we're on a UFO. It opened up like a clam and swallowed the floating figures, then sped off into space. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> All right. Linda had never been so scared in her life. She was in a huge room with a long table in the middle. Something told her that whatever brought her here was about to strap her down on it. Which, in Jesus. fairness, is not, is, not a, is not a crazy leap. That, is, that tends to be... We're in an abduction story here. This is, yeah. That tends to be what happens. This is pretty fascinating stuff, Rory, because we cover a lot of UFO stories, a lot of paranormal stories on this podcast. It's not... Actually, it's not every day we get first-hand abduction accounts. Yeah, and they all unfortunately do follow this kind of pattern, being brought onto a ship, usually being strapped to a table, and someone having a good old fiddle inside. (laughs) Well, no, let's not get ahead of ourselves. Uh, I said fiddle, not diddle. (laughs) That was a specific distinction. 
A group of the grey humanoids filed into the room and lunged right at her. They wrestled her onto the slab. No matter how hard she fought, once they'd secured her in place, all she could do was scream. The echo was deafening. There was something weird about the acoustics of the room. Mm. Her screams rang out from the walls even louder than they did from her lungs. One of the creatures put its hand over her mouth to keep her quiet and hissed the word, Nobby Egg. <laughs> okay. Nobby Egg. N O B B Y E G G. Alright. Nobby egg. Got it. Even though it wasn't English, she knew it was a threat to stop screaming. She tried her best to calm down, but the gleaming array of medical instruments they had kept her nerves on edge. You know you've got a pretty threatening aura going on. <laughs> if you can say the words knobby egg and people know it means shut up. Because if if your daughter looked at me in the eyes and said, knobby egg, I'd be like, oh, that's adorable. What's a knobby egg? Did you have that for lunch today? But if a nine foot gray man with no face somehow emits the sound knobby egg (laughs) while holding like a ray gun to the side (laughs) of my head, I'm not making a beep. Oh, it's very clear what knobby egg means. He didn't really need to say anything. Yeah. Right. He could have just he just could, could have just gone mm, just grunted. <laughs> if anything, he picked a word that makes me want to talk. And, uh, he, and he said shut up earlier, so he knows <laughs> so some he English. Speak English. <laughs> so maybe he got his phrase book mixed up. He thought he was saying like calm down or something. Right, that's silence on a different planet. Right. She was stuck staring up at the ceiling, and a circle of grotesque faces came into view above her. One had a long silver implement she thought looked more like a crowbar than a surgical tool. And when the aliens thrust it up her nose, the pain was so intense that she lost consciousness. Oh God, that's awful. Linda rolled over in bed, squinting into the morning sun. Her husband was sitting up, reading the newspaper. Good morning. How'd you sleep? Uh, not too good, actually. I had this awful dream. I was on a spaceship and there were some kind of extraterrestrials there. Ah, don't worry, darling. That sounds like a bunch of knobby egg. I mean, nonsense. (laughs) (laughs) Nonsense, I meant. (laughs) Shut up, you. (laughs) Shut up, wife. (laughs) Human wife. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, sounds awful. Thank God it was just a dream. Hey, is your nose okay? It looks a little red. Linda leapt out of bed and rushed to the mirror. She could feel the inflammation pulsating before she saw how sore it looked. Ah, it, it hurts. I must have knocked it in the night. Maybe I had to fight the aliens in my dream. As the day went on, she let the visions from the night before sink to the back of her mind. The only thing that was really nagging at her was her throbbing nose. It was so bad, even days later, that she went to see the doctor. I'm afraid I can't see anything in there, Mrs. Napolitano. Have you had no surgery before? It looks like swelling from an old surgery. But she'd never had surgery before. She even called her mum to confirm there wasn't something when she was a little kid. She did a little bit of research and reached out to Bud Hopkins, a New York UFO expert. 
He'd seen a flying saucer with his own eyes as a teenager and dedicated his career to writing about interplanetary travellers and connecting with those that have crossed paths with them. He invited Linda to one of his abduction support groups after reading how confused she was. This is an interesting situation to be in because we don't know right now if Linda hurt her nose at some point in the night yeah. and her subconscious manifested that pain yes. with the dream of having it hurt in this hypothetical situation, an abduction. I, I liken it to, you know, I've had, like many people as they grow older, I'm prone to a midnight leg cramp, <laughs> which I'm sure have you, you've had one of these before, right? Yeah, I, I have. It's ringing a bell, not in a long time. Really? Okay. I'm prone to weekly midnight leg cramps. <laughs> I have barely thought Take it was some a... some goddamn magnesium. <laughs> this was a much you're, more common you're, thing. You're seizing up like you, you have, you have, you have pre-death rigor mortis. You're seizing up. I sleep at night like a dead spider. Quite <laughs> <laughs> coiled up like a ball. <laughs> My bones just, contorted. Just face agony, just sleeping in agony. You're like, eat one vitamin and it'll help. Uh, but uh, if, if, if you've never had this before, you lucky bastard. Uh, but essentially, you will be in the middle of a sleep, and then all of a sudden, it begins. Out, out of nowhere, <coughs> your, 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 the flesh on your body feels like it's being pulled taut in a medieval torture device. <laughs> we need to get you to stretch, and, bro. Crazy. For the next 10 to 15 seconds, you have to s- s- lie there in bed while you're paralyzed with crippling pain until... It dies down and you blissfully sink back into relaxation and fall asleep again. It's usually what happens. You said this was weekly. Does this have any correlation with leg day? Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> because the only thing I could think of is uh, I don't exercise. Don't yeah. believe in it. Men shouldn't exercise. Um, Ridiculous. You sound like 15-year-old Rory in New York City. <laughs> <laughs> but... I also don't get leg cramps. Is it possible that my my legs and calf muscles uh, are kind of like Wagyu beef? They're massaged with beer and classical music. They're completely useless, borderline borderline uh, non-existent. Uh, but it also means they can't cramp. Well, we, we've talked about it before. You and I are kind of living different versions of a healthy lifestyle. Uh, you're vegan. Your diet is great. You get all your fruit and veg and nutrients every single day. Okay. Uh, but you hate to exercise. I exercise on average one to two hours a day, mm-hmm. uh, but I eat like shit and drink like shit. Uh, we don't know which one of us is going to live longer. We're kind of like an experiment right. that one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, weird experiment. Apparently mine results in nightly <laughs> <laughs> nightly death cramps, uh, which you don't suffer from. Uh, but the whole reason I was bringing this up is I usually wake up when I get one of these cramps. Uh, I'm sure I'm going to get a flurry of people saying I should just eat a banana before I go to bed. Uh, but if I didn't wake up from one of these cramps, would my mind in the dream process it as some kind of traumatic thing happening to me to justify the pain that I'm feeling subconsciously? Right. You have a dream where you are uh, a washcloth and a giant <laughs> is kind of wringing you out. <laughs> <laughs> that's you crumping, just being destroyed. Because I've had it before where I'll dream I'm like holding something or, you mm. know, squeezing something and then you wake up and you, you're holding your pillow or, yeah. you know, something like that. Um, there's a world in which at this point in our story, 
this could be semi-natural, despite maybe getting lifted out of the window, having the bag on your head. If all we have is the evidence of the red nose, so far, that could be an injury that occurred while unconscious. It's true. Uh, we've seen it uh, with abductions before. Often they do take place in and around night, in and around sleep. It creates a suspicious vibe where we're like, is this part of a dream? So we do need more evidence to establish that this is indeed alien activity. Like I said, she went to an abduction support group, which I haven't personally been to an AA meeting, but we've all seen support group meetings in movies and TV. Can you imagine an abduction support group? What do they talk about around the coffee machine? Hey everyone, I want you to give a warm welcome to Linda. She's had an interesting time recently, and I just know you'll make her feel at home. Hi, Linda. Hi, Linda. At the meeting, Linda kept quiet, though. Bud knew then that a group session wouldn't be enough to crack this nut. He'd have to go deeper. Full regression hypnosis. Ooh, a very popular technique used uh, when we're looking at someone who claims to have had some sort of UFO encounter. We've seen it before. With uh, the Cash Landrum case, yeah, uh, with uh, Travis Walton, I believe a lot of the information he said about his abduction was all done through uh, regression therapy and kind of hypnotherapy. So, it'd be interesting to see what uh, what results we get in today's case. Yeah, I guess the theory, if I'm to recap from my own understanding, the idea is something to the effect of if you were abducted and you were essentially neuralized, like in the Men in Black movies starring Will Smith. The idea here is that we've got, you know, your eyes are a CCTV camera, but the tape got scrambled. Right, and right. And now, now we're, trying to, we're trying to use hypnosis to unscramble that tape. The, the idea being that somewhere buried in your brain is the memory of what happened. Mm-hmm. So the two met in his office and he began the preparations to put her under. Now I see. And then what happened? They did all sorts of experiments on me. Every part of my body. I feel so violated. Interesting, interesting. Bud heard the whole bizarre saga and believed every word. When Linda awoke, she could remember the events of that awful night. Whoa! And suddenly the world seemed a whole lot scarier than she'd ever thought before. Yeah, God, that worked too well. We were trying to just get an idea of what happened. (laughs) It all came back, even the bad bits. Now she's got to go to a therapist to deal with that. Rory, I've promised you a wild tale today, and I believe we're starting to follow through with that promise. But you have no idea where this is about to go. We're going to get into the rest of Linda's story right after a couple words from today's sponsors. Join Tom, Ben, and Dan as they dive into the horror of the real world, unearthing terrifying stories that will make you sick to your stomach. Um, all right, mate, calm down. We're just a few guys talking about some disturbing cases. Well, we don't want to scare anyone off, but we have covered Jeffrey Dahmer, John Wayne Gacy, Jimmy Savile, for a bit sick. and then we've also done a bunch of mysteries and conspiracies like John Bonet Ramsey and Area 51. Ooh, I could murder a podcast right about now. Check us out at I could murder a podcast. <laughs> All right, mate, get out. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. 
Rory, what's the first thing you'd do if you had an extra hour in your day? Like, run a bath, call a friend on the phone. Ooh, an extra hour. Mm. Probably plot revenge. What? Plot revenge against my enemies. Okay, sure, well... I'd start with Keith. Well, like Rory... Ooh, a lot just of us... saying his name! <laughs> a lot of us wish we had more time. But if we had it, what would we use it for? In life, the best way to feel like we have time is to prioritise what's most important to us and make time for it. Therapy can be a great way of looking inward and setting those priorities. Hey, I've got a priority, brother. Priority mailing this bag of dog poop to Keith's front door. Honestly, prioritise literally anything else. Therapy can help you gain life skills, set boundaries and communicate better. Well, I would like to communicate some thoughts to Keith. If you're thinking about trying therapy, though, why not start with BetterHelp? It's all online, so it fits beautifully around your lifestyle. All you gotta do is fill out a questionnaire and kablam, they match you with a licensed therapist, which you can, of course, change at any time. You can learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Paranormal Life today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp. H-E-L-P dot com slash Paranormal Life. Thanks, BetterHelp. If Bud was already disturbed and reeling from what Linda told him, Nothing could have prepared him for what would happen next. He received a letter. It was from a pair of people claiming to be witnesses to Linda's abduction. Whoa, they had every detail right. They'd seen the whole thing. The two, Richard and Dan, told Bud they were police officers and needed to see Linda urgently to make sure she was okay. When the pair arrived at Linda's house, Dan in particular was acting a little strangely. As soon as the door was open, he fell to his knees and wept with relief. I'm sorry, sorry, it's just such a relief to see you alive and well. The last time we saw you, you you were disappearing into the sky, but here you are. The men came inside and offered out some coffee and donuts, and the three chatted about the night in question like old friends. But within weeks, they get back in touch, and things don't go quite as smoothly. Linda was walking along a busy New York when a car pulled up alongside her. Uh, Hey, Linda! Funny running into you here. It's your old friends, Richard and Dan. Why don't you hop in? Oh, I'm sorry, but I can't. I gotta go to the market for groceries and do some errands before I go pick up the... I said hop in. I assume is what happened next in the story. (laughs) It is, yes. (laughs) What?! The line was, I said, get in the car. (laughs) Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Dan grabs her and forces her into the back seat. These are the policemen? Supposed policemen. Okay. They drive her down a deserted alleyway and begin interrogating her. What did they do to you? Did they say anything to you? Think! But soon, the questions got weird. Have you noticed you've developed any special abilities since the abduction? We need to see your feet. Show us your feet, Linda. Come on, shoes off. We need to see those feet. She sobbed as she took off her socks, more scared and confused than she'd ever been in her life. Poor Linda. Okay, they're human. You can put them away. After hours of increasingly bizarre questioning, they drove her back into the busy city and let her out of the car. She watched as it sped away, trying to take a mental note of the license plate. She knew she couldn't call the police. The police just kidnapped her. There was only one person she could trust, 
and he was four foot tall. <laughs> no. <laughs> and had a crowbar. And his name ended with egg and rhymed with Robbie. If you're ever abducted and people are asking you questions about it, you want it to be stuff that feels like it's important. Like what shape was the craft? You know, did the aliens, were they carbon-based creatures or was it something more abstract? You don't want a guy grabbing you, shaking you and being like, the nipples, Linda, how many nipples? <laughs> You're like, what? How could that possibly be the thing that's important right now? <laughs> did, did they wear Nike or Adidas? <laughs> they didn't wear either. Yeah, it feels like there should be way more important questions going on. Um, the light speed travel, could you deduce from your limited time there how it was achieved? But it's it's just ridiculous stuff. Uh, it is funny to think, isn't it? It's like, it's, it's nuts how if someone did have a close contact like that, uh, all the smallest bits of information would be so crucial. Because today, scientists, you know, we put, we spend billions putting rovers on Mars just to see if there's hydrogen in the atmosphere. Yeah. We're spending so much time and energy trying to get the most basic details. So, yeah, like you say, just finding out what color they are <laughs> or how tall they are is a Leonardo da Vinci level breakthrough right. in science and technology. I guess the, the implication is if they're asking you specific questions like how big were their feet and you're like, I don't know, normal size. It's a worrying thing if their response is, okay, so they weren't glimbos. <laughs> so, so you know what a glimbo is? You already know that something exists that has different feet. Yeah. You're trying to deduce what this is. It's a, it's a weird situation to be in. You know what I'm doing if I'm in a room with two, let's face it, MIBs. Mm -hmm. I'm putting my fingers in my f***ing ears and I am not taking them out until they drop me off somewhere. Because... You know the one way to get smoked around MIBs is to hear a secret that you shouldn't have heard. Okay. I don't want to hear the word glimbo. That means I'm getting a bullet in my head because <laughs> I know too much. I need to just close my eyes, cover my ears so nothing can go in. I think that will also mean you get shot <laughs> if you refuse to answer any questions. Uh, but hey, you just got to try anything, I think, at this point. Has anyone tried pretend to be asleep? <laughs> I hope they drop you off outside your house. Honk snooing in front of the, the MIBs. That could just work. Occasionally, like, opening one eye very slightly to see if they're buying it. <laughs> That's right. The one person she could trust was Bud Hopkins. He was horrified to hear about Richard and Dan's activities and tried to track down the car's owner. And a few days later, he got a letter from Richard explaining that Dan was in a bit of a state. He'd had to be signed off work because he was having a mental break since witnessing the abduction. Jeez. He'd fallen in love with Linda and was so obsessed with her that he was struggling to function. That makes the request for taking the shoes off a little weird. <laughs> he also, I'm sure that was above board, he also makes another confession. They aren't police. They're bodyguards for a high-level political figure. Specifically, Secretary General of the United Nations, Javier Perez de Cuellar. But it turned out Richard and Dan were not Linda's only problem. She was now being tailed dawn to dusk. There were men in black suits everywhere she went. Smart black cars with agents in them parked outside her apartment around the clock. Leave her alone. Just leave her alone. I feel like women have enough harassment to deal with on a daily basis. 
just leave her alone and let her live her life. It sounds like if anything happens, she's gonna come and tell you about it. She's actually pretty keen on that part of the story. So just, just leave her alone. On top of this, she was still in pain. Her nose was still hurting. The doctors weren't taking her seriously and eventually a doctor friend of a friend agreed to take an x-ray. When he got the pictures back, he was floored by what he saw. You've got something implanted in your nose. It's clear as day on the x-rays. It's six millimeters long with a coil at each end. I got no idea what it could be doing there. Come down to my office on Monday morning and we'll get it taken care of. But when the appointment came around, there was nothing in her nose at all. And the doctor was dead. <laughs> there was a little coil in his brain. A nine millimeter Beretta coil. Yeah, that's right. He died of lead poisoning. <laughs> the little piece of metal was gone and Linda had no idea how. Is it possible the aliens implanted something in her nose? Hmm. That's a real question. Oh, you're asking me? Uh, you know, it's something that we do, again, see a lot in abduction stories. People getting abducted and then in the next morning, seeing a little mark on their skin that wasn't there before. Seeing a little bump. Um, and the theory being that, uh, you know, if you get picked up by one of these crafts, they're going to put a little tracking device in you to keep an eye on you. It's a big world, so they want to make sure if they come back, they can swoop you up again very accurately. It's pretty fascinating. I think most abductions kind of involve probing and testing and this kind of thing, but it's, it's pretty fascinating to think that they would leave something behind, a little intergalactic air tag to keep tags on you. Again, if we could uncover such a thing, reverse engineer it, that we, we would learn a lot. I'd at least stop losing my keys quite as often. Bud was now at a loss too and offered to give her some more hypnosis to see if there's anything else she had blocked out. Hmm. During their session, Linda recalled her abduction, but now she could see Richard and Dan there, as well as Secretary General of United Nations, Javier <laughs> Perez de Cuellar. Okay. Bud started to wonder, this can't all be a coincidence. Surely the aliens were trying to make contact with the UN. They were trying to be taken to our leader. Why else would they have somehow got roped into just by chance the Secretary General of the United Nations being there. But also went as far to say, those aliens had probably been following all four of them since they were children, abducting them repeatedly over the years, only they all couldn't remember it. I personally don't know where he got that idea. Yeah, that's or, a wild Or one. how that would make sense. But that is what he said. Uh, all I know is we should trust the words of, an, of a fellow paranormal investigator. To a certain degree. Which more or less brings us to the present day of this case. Uh, this has come to be known as the 1989 Brooklyn UFO or the abduction of Linda Napolitano. It has been featured in uh, multiple television programs, documentaries uh, and written pieces. It was reported in the news at the time. Wow. Uh, in kind of print news in a couple of places uh, around the USA. Uh, because it is obviously an absolutely wild story, one that, like so many on this paranormal life, if true, destroys the history in science books, uh, but also has, you know, some elements which are difficult to wrap our heads around, to say yeah. the least. Rory, we've had similar kind of abduction stories. Where does this one kind of line up for you compared to those? I mean, as you said, we've had a lot of, well, we've had a lot of UFO stories. It is rare 
that we have a story where the the person who's telling it claims to have actually been on board the the friggin' thing. Usually it's enough of a story if we just see it in the night sky or it shoots a laser beam uh, at a car or, you know, very rarely do the people actually make it on the craft and then make it back again. It's always a bit of a difficult one because saying that you saw something in the night sky is one thing. Saying you actually went on board and were operated on, but you have zero evidence of it and the only way you can recall it is through experimental hypnotherapy. Uh, I don't want to be too critical about these things, but we're always left in a situation where we have very little tangible physical evidence uh, to back up these claims. That little metal coil, that would have been good. But are you saying that that thing just kind of disappeared on its own as soon as it was detected? It's like they recalled it to the mothership (laughs) once they knew she was going to look for it. Uh, Which, you know... It's not beyond the realms of possibility. We have dissolving stitches for mm-hmm, surgeries mm-hmm. that, you know, once they're done, they kind of just dis- disappear. Uh, not on command. Usually you don't say, all right, and the stitches go. So whatever they're dealing with, you know, that that that's something beyond our expertise. I'm struggling to see how the bodyguards and everything are intertwined in this story. I don't, the motivation behind it is a little strange. They are. They are a little strange. We seem actually, at the end of the story, a tiny bit confused, to be honest, whether they are even affiliated uh, with the police, the United Nations. Yeah. That's what they claim to be, or whether they were, in fact, kind of men in black. It seems a little bit fuzzy. Um, I'm not saying that Linda's lying about the whole story. Mm -hmm. She might be lying about Dan falling in love with her. That seems just like... (laughs) That came out of nowhere. That seems just like he had a mental breakdown because he was too in love with Linda. That seems (laughs) a little neat for the story. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I'm not going to necessarily put that one on Linda because usually uh, the guy asking for feet pics is the one in the wrong. Um, So I I don't know who Dan is or what his deal is, but he definitely doesn't seem like... He's one of the good guys. And a lot of people have been skeptical about the story, thinking that it could be anything from Linda and Bud working together to concoct a story, another that Bud was taking advantage of Linda and kind of, you know, planting the story with her, making her believe it and using it for his own gain. Um, What I will say is her midnight abduction was reportedly spotted by 24 witnesses. Uh, This was not an isolated case. With that said, apparently some of the letters written to Bud alleging they had witnessed it were in Linda's handwriting. (laughs) Uh, That can't be all 24. Okay. But, you know, we've seen this before where there's like a popular story in the media that people will like write. I mean, it's in New York City. Yeah. There's... 8 million whatever people there, you know, if anything's happening in the night sky, others are going to see it and be like, oh, I might have seen something too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It doesn't help that it seems like Linda's very interested in the popularity of this story. Because if this happened to you, you'd like kind of want to explore it, but kind of want to like keep your voice down and be embarrassed about it. It sounds like she really wants to get to the bottom of it. The last thing I'll drop in is that um, just a little reminder that Bud never met Dan and Richard. Only Linda met Dan and Richard. Oh, for God's sakes. So, moving into the... That's definitely worth bringing up. That's definitely worth bringing up. Yeah. I bet they were the United Nations Secretary General bodyguards, though. Right. And they were in love with her. 
I think we're ready for conclusions. Really? Yeah, for oh, sure. That's exciting. Okay, so <laughs> we have taken you on a, as I promised, borderline Jason Bourne level exciting action rampage to the streets of New York City yeah. and two other galaxies uh, with some pretty interesting claims and some good news coverage and some other witnesses around the city. Uh, but at the end of every episode, we have to decide whether this story is really paranormal What do you think about the 1989 Brooklyn Uh, abduction? The Jason Bourne comparison is actually very accurate because it is also a fictional story. (laughs) My conclusion today is going to be a no. I think that's fair. I think I would have to come down and no too. As much as I do love the case, uh, whenever I first started uh, researching this one, uh, I thought it was going to be a home run slam dunk double yes because you, you read about it from a very surface level. And you hear like 24 witnesses, uh, bodyguards, the UN Secretary General being present at the abduction. You're like, oh my God, this sounds like the UFO event of the century. Yeah. Uh, Until you realize it is largely um, the experience of one woman and her account alone. So not enough here to come down on a double yes today. But we would love to know what you guys think of this one. Email in your thoughts to this paranormal life podcast at gmail.com or you should be able to see this on YouTube. We've got full length episodes of this paranormal life going up every week on YouTube. Uh, you can hop in the comment section, see what everyone else is saying. Yeah, absolutely. Another double no for the books, but we are not dissuaded. We had a lot of fun looking into the Brooklyn 1989 abduction. If you can't get enough, UFO stories, you're going to need to head over to patreon.com forward slash this paranormal life where there is a a true treasure trove of all paranormal cases, but some absolute classics uh, in the kind of alien and UFO world. Yeah, there's some absolute, there's some stories that we cover uh, on the Patreon that uh, you're going to wish you could have your brain wiped after listening to some of those. In a good way. In a good way. Right, uh, yeah, In yeah. addition to weekly after-party episodes where we go behind the scenes, uh, we, we bust open a pack of Marlboro Reds and pour a glass of whiskey and put the world to rights uh, almost literally every week, every Friday on Patreon. It's a lot of fun. We also tell you uh, the exact location where you can locate and harvest knobby eggs. They're right. a real egg. We've looked into it. Yeah, they, they exist. We, we can find we them. We paused the podcast there, looked into it, <laughs> and now we're going to drop that info behind the paywall on Patreon. As you are listening to this, we should uh, be at the tail end of our magnificent tour. We'll be in the UK at this point with only a couple of shows left. Um, wow. So I guess we'll use this opportunity to say, uh, if there's any tickets left, please join us at our uh, b- biggest show yet. In London, in yeah. the Hackney Empire. Now, while, while at the time of recording this, we haven't done a show yet. This is recorded before the tour. But I, I just want to get ahead of things and apologize huh? for the fire started during one of the no, previous. No, 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 there ones. shouldn't be any fire. I don't know which show it's going to happen at, but I just have a feeling like we're going to start a real no, big fire. you can't fire. say that. I think we're going to get legal trouble if we even broadcast this because it'll seem like some kind of f***ed up. You're planning it thing? No, I'm not planning. I have a feeling it's going to happen. But now, like, the feeling is so strong that if by the last show the fire hasn't happened yet, I might start the fire. I'm going to delete this. 
because this is this is the biggest show of our careers. We can't start a it's fire. It's the hottest for it's sure. The one thing we can't do. What do people like? They like danger and fire. Those are the two sexiest things yeah, on the like planet. Yeah, they like fires in fireplaces and they like danger in like movies or something. Right. Or Not like a live on show. on stage. Yeah. <laughs> people love seeing magicians catch bullets in their teeth. <laughs> we should get some audience participation. No, no, no. <laughs> As I say, on Saturday 28th, we'll be taking to the stage for our biggest You ever show heard of the yet. Splash Zone? You ever heard of the Splash yes. Zone? Well, Stop interrupting. Our fir- front three rows are the Ash Zone. <laughs> oh my God. You're going to be burned a toast. No, no, If you come no, to this show, no, honestly. Every, every <laughs> venue has comprehensive uh, health and safety features. All the venues are insured against such events. We have top-of-the-line staff on hand to prevent such things happening. Uh, It'll be safe. It'll be fun. It'll be good. No ash zone. You guys are marshmallows to me. Okay. When I see you, I see a white, fluffy marshmallow. At thisparanormallife.com. Thisparanormallife.com. And at the end of every episode, we like to shout out those who've supported us on the Patreon. Let's get into it. Special thank you to... Tia Deegan. Tia, Tia wouldn't want to be ya because you've got a front row seat to our upcoming tour. Don't, don't, just stop. And all I'm going to say is uh, stop, drop, and roll. That's my advice to you, Tia, because things this are going to get a, a little nightmare. toasty in the front. <laughs> Tia, you're going to be fine if you're going. You're going to be safe. You're going to be warm, that's thank, for sure. Thank you to <laughs> Hannah. Come on down to Hannah's Katanas, where you can get ancient Japanese swords collected throughout history. If you're in the marketplace for a weapon that could take down some sort of shogun-style warrior, uh, you're going to want to go to Hannah's Katanas. Uh, Fantastic. I will take uh, one, I guess, just like medium size, kind of reliable, hopefully well-looked-after They're rusty. They're rusty. Mm -hmm. They are rusty because they're authentic. Traditional okay. Japanese swords. I think, knowing how this joke format usually goes, I'm just going to go ahead and assume that you're not going to have the breadth of the stock that you've promised. I'm just going to say, can I just get any katana then? Yeah, of course. Thank I you. will warn you, you hmm? do not pay with money. You don't pay with money when you oh. take one of these swords. So it's kind of like, a lot of these swords are swords that people didn't want throughout history because they kind of come with ancient curses slash demon companions that will kind of heckle you uh, for the rest of your life but the sword's kind of cool have you seen some of these swords that doesn't really seem worth it if i leave the shop now do i not am i still not cursed oh you picked up a couple just walking (laughs) in the front door (laughs) we've been placing swords on your belt throughout this entire conversation (laughs) our team of (laughs) our team of ninjutsu trained staff place them on your person Thank you lastly today to Tatiana Perez. Come on down to Tatiana's Katanas. We are a rival katana store opening up shop across the road from Hannah's Katanas. Oh my God. Uh, You know, gentrifying the neighborhood so you can come down to Tatiana's and uh, get yourself a kind of uh, a flat white coffee along with a fresh, barely cursed sword. Barely cursed. But just to clarify, if you so much as pick up one of these swords, you will perish. <laughs> well, you, 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 per- you, perish. you might, perish. you might, you might, you know, we, we, you run that risk, of course. But like, you run a risk of dying if you just go on a bicycle ride. So like, is it that different? Well, how high are the odds of dying once I 
take one of these swords. They are 100%. It's only a case <laughs> okay. of when, really. Okay. But that's life. Like, you're going to die anyway. You so are. is it... Everyone dies within one year. Well, that's all substantially shorter than just living life. You don't know. You don't know. You I might, might go have been to about Hannah's. to die anyway. I might go to Hannah's, I think, for the katana, because <laughs> okay. hers is a little more ambiguous. Okay. <laughs> Thank you, Tatiana. Thank you to everyone we have shouted out on today's episode. And everyone, we're going to shout out next week when we will be back with more. Patreon.com forward slash This Paranormal Life is the place to get shout outs and other rewards. ThisParanormalLife.com is the place to get tickets. Thank you so much for tuning in. We're going to be back on Tuesday with a brand new Paranormal Tale and hopefully two solid gold yeses. Oh, yeah. I can feel it. It's been a while. It's been a while. we got to get one. And in the meantime, remember to live fast, investigate, investigate and die young, baby! baby. Every now and then, Rory and I come across a podcast that we simply have to tell you about because we know that TPL listeners are gonna love it. That's why I'm so pleased to say that this episode is brought to you by The Luke and Pete Show. This is pretty cool because Luke and Pete are friends of ours and they just happen to also be podcast royalty. The Luke and Pete Show is one of the top ranking podcasts in the UK comedy charts. Oh yeah, and if you thought this paranormal life is crazy and chaotic, this show has absolutely no rules. Unscripted, unplanned, unsupervised. I think the only rule is that it is technically, legally a podcast. Every Monday and Thursday, Luke Moore and Pete Donaldson bring you the world's strangest stories. From Luke's belief in UFO conspiracy theories to Elon Musk's latest attempts to be cool. The Luke and Pete Show community is a broad church and everyone's welcome. I am personally highly invested in Pete's journey to importing a vintage Toyota Century limousine from Japan. I think last time I checked, he got the car and didn't have keys for it. So uh, I'm looking forward to what the next bad thing that happens is. Yeah, I don't know a lot about cars, but I think keys are pretty important to the whole machine. Right. Listen now wherever you get your podcast. The Luke and Pete Show every Monday and Thursday.